When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 7, Episode 9, Chapter Titled. The Honeymoon is Over. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And our honeymoon's not over. We're gonna sort of be on our honeymoon. It's not a honeymoon. I don't I don't know why it's you keep... It's the closest thing that we're gonna have. You keep acting like it's a honeymoon and it's really just us going away for a few days. And like... It's the closest thing to a honeymoon that we have ever had. Yes, but it's still not a honeymoon. A honeymoon is like going somewhere. Not doing something we've done a million times, just this time without the kids. I mean, it can be. It's not a honeymoon. Okay, well... One day we'll go on a honeymoon. We're gonna fly to uh, Iceland or... England or England for sure. Um. Anyway, hi. H- hi. Not you, them. Oh. But also you. Um. I don't have any questions asked about like episode related this week. Like I don't know. Have you ever dated triplets? <laughs> um. Have you ever? Um. I got nothing. All right. We also haven't watched anything I know. this week. I know this is the worst. The most interesting that's happened thing that's happened to us in the past week, I don't know if we can talk about on the podcast because it's about somebody in our neighborhood that involved us. She she doesn't listen. All right, then we have to tell this yes, fucking story. Yes, we have to tell the story. Let's, here's the story. Um we were in our kitchen cleaning. Mhm. Um, as we do on the weekends, this was happened last Sunday. So it was after we had already recorded. Saturday because I was not at work. Oh, whatever. We hadn't, we had already recorded. Um, otherwise this would have been on last week's episode. We were cleaning in the kitchen. We heard bang, bang, bang on our door. And then scream, scream, scream. Super high pitched, shrill scream. And, uh, at, at first reaction. Stop in our trap. Stopping our tracks, and me in my head, I went, "What the fuck?" Because I thought it was our oldest son playing, uh, just being silly. And I thought it was one of our kids' friends from around the corner just being silly. And then bang, 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 scream again, help, help, open the door, open the door. Um, so we did. Uh. It was our neighbor. She fell into our house screaming. Fell into our house screaming with blood everywhere. <laughs> um, and uh, started telling us she cut off her finger. And we were like stunned. And then she starts screaming, get me a tourniquet. I need a tourniquet. Well, As if we just have like. That's not how that started. First, she just said, I need something. I need something. And. Caden went and got her like a towel and dampened it and tried to put it on her finger. And that's when she yelled, no, I need a tourniquet. So Um, Caden was done. Yeah, he was done. He went to bed. (laughs) Um, And I, 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 she also said, somebody call somebody. Well, no, she said, take me to patient first. As if that's what you do when a neighbor cuts their finger off. Right. What are, what's patient first going to do with. With a cut-off finger. No, like you call 911. Yeah. Well, we could have just taken her to the hospital, um, but not not, not in her state. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, Because she was just uh, hysterical. Yeah. Um, And and like kept saying she was going to pass out and she needed water. So yeah, I I called an ambulance while Tanya was in there talking to her. and, and And while he was calling the ambulance, she comes running into the kitchen i have gotten another towel a smaller towel and a ponytail holder a tourniquet essentially a tourniquet that's what i'm gonna start saying like uh like when you need to put your hair up and be like hey you need to grab a tourniquet (laughs) and i put that on her finger and she starts yelling at me to grab her phone out of her leggings pocket because her audiobook is still going yeah she's like so i I have to reach into her pocket that's like right up against her leg because it's leggings. It was very awkward. I have to take her phone out and turn off her audiobook, and she was listening but, to a horror audiobook. Of course she was. But 
while I mean, so I'm on the phone with with 911 as this is happening, and I can't I can't hear the operator, and the operator can't understand me because all they hear is I need you to turn off my audio book, and it's just like uh, this is not helping. <laughs> no, um, so I get her phone awkwardly, and I I'm pretty calm. But I get her phone. I turn the audiobook off. I'm like, what else do you need me to do? The ambulance will probably be here soon. Alden's on the phone with 911. And she's like, call my son. I can't do it because I cut my finger off. So I call her son. And he's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, hey, this isn't your mother. It's your mother's neighbor across the street. She cut her finger off, apparently. I don't know what happened. My husband just got off the phone with 911. He's walking her across the street right now. I'm going to go over to her house to meet them and see if there's anything I can do. And he's like, oh, goodness. And like, is like, I'll be there soon or whatever and hangs up. Yeah, so I've got my arm around her. I'm walking her across the street because she can't walk under her own power. I, now I understand this is a tra- traumatic event. Like I don't, I don't mean to make light of it, but there was a lot that it was just like, what the fuck is going on with our day? Yeah. Um. So like I'm walking her across the street and she's just like, I, 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 I don't think I can, I can walk. And I'm like, we can, we can do this. Take deep breaths. We'll make it just fine. Mm-hmm. And like I'm, I'm trying to be calming and I'm like, uh, I'm like the, uh, headspace narrator. Yeah. Where I'm like, take a few deep breaths. Okay, you're doing great. And I walk her across the street and she like falls into her uh, porch chair. And she's like, I need you to find my finger. Find my finger. Find my finger. And I'm like, what? At this point, I'm across the street with them. And she is like sweating. It's, It's very bad for her. Um, She was definitely in a state of shock. But within this state of shock, she starts ordering us around. Oh, just barking orders. Like, like, I need another bottle of water. Go in my trunk. Get me another bottle of water. Alden, I need my sunglasses. Go into my car and find my sunglasses. I need you to put put them on my head. Tanya, go shut the shed um, and, and lock it. And then she starts yelling, find my finger, like avenge me. Yeah. <laughs> like Alden's like, uh, okay. And she needed me to turn off all the appliances in her, in her, um, uh, garage because she's, she has the oldest, um, leaf blower known to man. And that's what was running. And it was still just running. Like if there was no automatic cutoff and, there was no sort of fan guard, so that's where her finger went into the fan. Yeah. Um, and she'd left her iron running, which also wait, at least 40 years old. In the garage? In the garage. Why was her iron in the garage? I don't know, but she asked me to turn it off. You never told me this. Was she ironing her leaf blower? No, the, it was on the opposite end of the garage. I'm so confused. As we all are. Um. By the way... Within, like, two minutes of being at her house, the EMTs are already, like, in the neighborhood. You can hear the sirens. So we're like, they're almost here. They're almost here. They're almost here. And she starts yelling, you have to find my finger. My hand is going to look so ugly. Yeah. That's what she was, like, worried about is the fact that, like, her the top of her finger was gone and her hand is going to be ugly. Um EMTs get there. I go back across the street to check on Caden because Caden was uh, hit with anxiety through the entire experience. Yeah. And I'm so I, I stay over there and I'm like talking to the EMTs and I'm like, uh, she she asked me to find her finger, sir, and I can't find it. <laughs> and uh, the guy like walks back into the garage with me and he's like, hey, is is that your wife? <laughs> and she's like 20 years older than me. And I was like, no, uh, she's my neighbor. She came across the street uh, screaming and I don't, that's how we got here. And he goes, well, I got to tell you, she didn't, she didn't cut off her fucking finger. Turns out she did, apparently. Well, what really happened is it was mutilated. Mm. So like she did lose the top of her finger, like to that first knuckle. Mm-hmm. 
but it wasn't because it got chopped off. It got like serrated, mm. like like um, ground meat. Right, I get it. Um, anyway, that was that was our weekend. That's why we didn't watch anything. Yeah, we've been dealing with that for a week, living in our brains. Well, also, we just have. Uh, actually, I forgot all about it until just now. Um, That's not true. You've had to tell that story quite a few times, and so have I. I've told it a couple times. Um, but, yeah, no, it was just so weird to have my day broken up by my neighbor Wait, screaming, find my finger. That was two Saturdays ago. Was it? How did we not tell this story on here? Did we tell this story on here and we just don't remember? It was two Saturdays ago. Was it? What a fucking week. <laughs> anyway, um... I guess last week we were too excited to talk about pizza bagels <laughs> and how I cheated my way through gluten. Um, anyway, it was, but yeah, we haven't watched anything this week because we don't have anything to watch. Yeah, not um, really. I've been replaying Bloodborne because I beat Elden Ring and I just love these games so much. Um, but there isn't really anything to watch and no- nothing for us to watch together. Yeah. Not that, like, not that we can settle on. I feel like last Saturday when it was snowing, like, I went through, like, four different things that I have been wanting to try, and none of them appealed to me whatsoever. Like, none. So, but I think it's because my brain wants to be reading. I want to be reading in my spare time. And it's garden season, and I don't have a lot of spare time. And in my spare time, I'm exhausted because work is wearing me out. Plus, we joined the gym. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of Alden's things for keeping his gallbladder healthy is that he has to watch his weight. Isn't and he it? has to stay active. It's so crazy that for eight years, I've been going to doctors, right? And I know that I didn't ever finish the process like I should have. But throughout these eight years, the doctors have always been throwing things out like, oh, we think maybe this is this. Oh, we think maybe this is this. And not once, not once in eight years until now did a doctor go, hey, maybe you should stop being a shithead. (laughs) Like, maybe you should eat better and work out. Here's the problem, is that there is a lot of doctors who do not take actual medical conditions seriously because of people's weight. So if you had gone to the doctors under all of the situations that you were dealing with and they had said, oh, actually, you just need to lose weight, I would have been pissed. Mm. Because there are so many people who have treatable conditions that go to the doctors and the doctor is like, oh, no, you're fine. You just need to lose weight. And that's not it at all. Well, in my case, it's literally, it's not about the weight. It's about what I am ingesting and how I am treating myself. Right. Um, if I was putting on weight because, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, but what I'm saying still applies. Is if they had said that? Yeah, I, I get it. Um, because in your case, he was able to say, basically, is this the pattern when you are at your unhealthiest, when you are at your highest weight, is that when your flare-ups are triggered? And right. yes, that's exactly what happens. Right. But um, if if you had just gone in there and they were like, oh, <laughs> you just need to lose weight and you'll be fine. I would have been pissed and I would have been like, go get an, go get a second opinion. Well, anyway, um, we haven't had anything to watch. I did watch a documentary about a tribe called Quest. Um, that was interesting. It was shot by Michael Rappaport. Love him. And narrated by Michael Rappaport, who's just like, throughout it, he's like, well, a tribe called Quest started in blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it was interesting to hear his voice every time that it needed to be said. But mostly it was it was just a bummer because I love a tribe called Quest. I I um I've never like obsessed with uh, over them, but they were the start of the style of rap that I love, 
Like they were the start of that, like, hey, we're just going to kind of talk to you and make it rhyme and make it interesting and make it um, poetic, but also we could just talk about our day and it doesn't fucking matter. And um, they hate each other. Q-Tip and, and Fife Dog, the two, the two guys. There are other guys that have been in and out, but it's really just the two of them. And and they hate each other and they were just like we're never doing this shit again we you know he disrespects me and it was just it was just depressing and now five dog is dead so it's even more depressing well that's a happy note to start our show with find my finger (laughs) um guys our neighbor is fine she sent us three huge boxes of cookie dough yeah as a gift yeah she's good and and my my family is just like you needed to take care of yourself, Alden. But they've gone through two boxes already. So Aubrey took an entire box <laughs> to her friends at school. All I'm saying is, cookies have disappeared, and I'm the one that has a problem. Um, you know what else we did? What did we do? We watched Boy Meets World season seven, episode nine, chapter titled "The Honeymoon Is Over." Um, can you please Tanya? Can you please Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. Blurred me up. Sure. The blurb for this episode is Corey and Topanga are faced with finding a place to live. This episode was directed by Jody Binstock and it was written by Barry Sefchik. I'm very surprised. I kind of thought this was going to be another um, Alan directed. William Russ? Why? Yeah. I don't know. It didn't seem like a William Russ episode. It, it did didn't when seem William like, Russ was talking. It didn't seem like a William Russ joint. Uh, classroom or not, Tanya? Where do we start? Most definitely not in the classroom. Well, where do we start then? In the girls' apartment. Ah. Rachel, uh-huh. Angela, they're sitting at the little island table thingy. And Corey and Topanga, which, by the way, when they got back from their honeymoon... Angela was at the Matthews house uh-huh. with Sean. Uh-huh. But now, Corey and Topanga are bursting in the door of the apartment and throwing their suitcases on the couch, being like, we're back from our honeymoon. And wearing, like, Hawaiian shirts and stuff. Like, yeah, we just got back, guys. As if they didn't see Angela at their parents' house. Yeah. Anyway, they... Start. Corey starts demanding salami, and he's like, "Where's my salami?" And I like expect going into the refrigerator. My salami's not here, and and then he like walks over to Topanga, and he's just like, "I'm gonna give me a magazine. I gotta go do my business." And, and she's sh- just like, "Oh, isn't he so cute?" Yeah. And Angela and Rachel are sitting there like, uh, "What the fuck?" And Corey is like, "Well, you know, my moving in, my moving in salami. You didn't give me my moving in salami," and. When Angela or when Topanga says, "Isn't he cute?" Uh, Angela says, uh, "Yeah, because he thinks he's gonna move in here." And Topanga's just like, "Yeah, where else did you think we were gonna live?" And they say, like you very specifically said, that when you got married, you were moving out. And she's like, "Yeah, eventually, but like, where would I live in the meantime?" And then it turns out because like Sean comes out of the room and he's like, hey, Topanga, I boxed up all your stuff. And she's like, why'd you box up all my stuff? And he's like, because I moved into your room. So Topanga doesn't have a place to live. Wait, were Topanga and Angela in the same room or did they have separate rooms? Is Sean living with Angela? I mean, he is living with Angela, but is he in her room? No. Okay. No, like, it's just like Jack, Sean, and Eric all had separate rooms. Did they? Yeah. I feel like Jack and Eric stayed in the same room. I don't think so. Okay. I feel like at one point it seemed like Sean and Eric, or Sean and Jack shared a room, but I don't think so. They all all had their own room. Sean had his own gross room, remember? Because Jack was, like, mad about his gross room and the pig that we never saw again. Um, Anyway... So they're like, you can't live here. Like, we don't have we don't have room. And Topanga starts freaking out, and Corey is like, "Calm down, we can do this. I'll find you a place to live." Meanwhile, 
They all did that to Jack and Eric. Yeah. Topanga was a part of that. Yeah. And she's just like, how could I get kicked out of my home? And they're just passing people around at this point. None of these people are on the lease. Maybe Sean is? I don't think so. No. It's Jack's apartment. Yeah. So anyway, now we cut directly to the dorm room where Corey and Topanga are walking up to Corey's dorm. And they're just like, all right, here we go. This is where we... And as soon as they get to the door, the door busts open. Jack and Eric are like, hey, it's the newlyweds. What do you think you're doing here? They're like, we're coming to the dorm. They're like, uh, Jack pulls out this like long piece of paper. And he's like, according to the bylaws, married people can't live in the single people dorms. So you aren't allowed to live here. And Topanga's is like, how would they even know? Like, we just won't tell them. And Eric's like, uh, I already mailed in your marriage certificate. Yep. And then they're like, why would you why would you move in so fast? And then also Eric has been gone. What do you mean? He was in Hawaii. That's a good point. Angela was at the Matthews residence. Anyway, uh, so they're like, "How did? You, why would you move in so quickly?" And then three triplets, three triplets, the Dom triplets, walk out and like put their arms around Jack and Eric, and they're like, "Oh, Jack, Professor Matthews, well-known Dom triplets." Oh, are they? They were in so many things back then. Oh, what were they in? relic were they I in think? it like doing anything or were they just standing there being triplets well, i think one of them specifically was an actress in a lot of things they didn't seem like actress actresses in this show they were just like wooden and they, stiff they didn't need to be actresses in just this because they were triplets? they were props well yeah that's true one of them specifically was definitely an actress, but back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, like I remember the ads with them in it, like in Seventeen Magazine and stuff. Hmm. Like they were famous. Huh. Anyway. Um, so that's when Jack and Eric are like, oh, we need to show you the a tour. Oh, aren't they all in towels? Yeah. All the triplets are in towels. Eric is like manhandling them like arms around them and stuff and he just keeps counting them like one two three there's three of them look there's three of them and um then he's like oh you're right i was supposed to show you the co-ed bathrooms and they're like yeah we really do need to shower and jack's like yeah we need a shower too and he lifts up his shirt and shows his ass he's like see dirt and the crowd is like and they walk away, and this is when Topanga turns to Corey and says, What are we going to do, my husband, my provider? And Corey says, Oh, it's all about equality until something bad happens, and then all of a sudden I'm your provider? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So now we cut to... Oh, and, and Corey, that's when Corey says, and I'm going to have to say this because it ties into the next scene, Corey says, Yes, Mommy. And then he goes, oh, mommy. And it cuts to right. the living room where Corey is talking to Alan. Yeah, because Topanga like, puts her foot down. She's like, get me a place to live. Uh -huh. I need a roof over my head. Yeah. And it cuts to him talking to Alan. And Alan is immediately just like, no, you can't. And Amy is like, look, these are our children. Like, it's just until they can get on their feet and... And we can help them. It'll be fine. It won't be for long. And Alan's like, no. And Alan says, um, you need to take care of your, your family or whatever. And Corey says, hey, I never asked to be the man in this relationship. And uh, Amy tries to cut in and Alan turns to her and, oh, this is Alan, like, puts his finger in Amy's face and says, no, we talked about this. Don't. And uh, Amy grabs his finger and she's like, don't put your finger in my face and don't say don't to me. Which was great yeah. until Alan's like, remember we talked about this? And she's like, Corey, you can't. Yep. And they walk away dejected. They walk away and then... Topanga like looks at Amy and Amy is like, we're sorry. And Topanga says, I know. And then they leave. And then they leave. We go to Chucky's. Um, 
where Topanga and Corey are arguing about the whole living situation. And she's just like, okay, how much money do we have? And Corey's like, uh, well, if you take all of our wedding money and then subtract the honeymoon, we have about seven blenders. And she's like, we'll never be able to put those blenders in a kitchen. And then Corey goes, the first like, oh, you get it moment of the show. Corey looks at Topanga and says, oh, we're uh, upper middle class. We're an upper middle class newlyweds and we don't have a place to live. Oh, people are going to feel real bad for us. I I wouldn't even feel bad for us if I wasn't us. Mm -hmm. That was fantastic. It was for about half a second. And then we... Um, and then Sean and Angela come barging into Chucky's and they're like, did you hear like Debbie Pfefferman and her husband like got in a fight and she's going to jail, which means like the married shot him. Isn't that great? Um, and that means that one of the married dorms is open. Yeah. And and that's great. uh Uh-huh. And then it cuts to the married dorms. It cuts to the married dorms. And I have so many questions about the married dorms. They've lived in dorms on campus. There are codes that an institution has to like live up to in order to stay open. The building would not be allowed to be falling apart like this. Also, the blatant Domestic classism. Violence? Oh. And poverty shaming and acting like just because people don't have money that they're neglecting their children. Yeah. And being in fights like that are violent and... Throwing things in their apartments. It was horrendous. Yeah, it was. It hit me so hard. And and I like this is a, a specific thing that if you've listened to our show for 142 episodes, you know that this especially affects Tanya. But... This was awful. Mm-hmm. Like, it was terrible. Um, and, like, they're just talking about... And, and it gets worse. And I, I this is going to... Uh, this is a blanket statement for the rest of the episode. Um, but, like, at some point... And it was... A, like, there were bugs. And it's awful. Like, that sucks that there's bugs, whatever. Um, but at some point when this is all you can do, you're, you, you're lucky to have a place to live Yeah, and you're lucky to live with your partner that you love. Like, anyway, let's get back to the episode. So they're walking down the hallway, um, and they're, they're looking very like trepidatiously around this like weird, creepy, dark hallway. And there's this kid standing at a doorway in just his diaper and a t-shirt and they're like oh cute kid and he's just like i see dead people and they like run and he's like all right Corey's like all right get me out of here and Topanga's like no like this is us right here like this is our door and she opens the door and it's very much in shambles nothing that can't be fixed right they need to clean it. Mm-hmm. They need to clean their apartment, which is a given. They need to put the cabinet doors back on. Big whoop. They could easily make that a home. Sure, but then Corey says, this isn't so bad. Let's just imagine our worst moment, and then this one won't f- seem so bad. And then they stand there for a minute, and Corey goes, this is our worst moment, isn't it? And Topanga says yes. So realizing that they don't have a place to live is not their worst moment. Having a roof over their heads that they don't have to pay extra for because they're on housing for their college anyway is their worst moment. Yeah. At no point are they like, okay, let's both get jobs. Let's both get jobs and start saving up let's pay our own way. Like, and that sounds like a, like people just don't want to work, but they are so tunnel visioned on what they want their life to be. And they 
aren't expecting to have to do anything for well, it. Well, and they weren't ever expecting to have to do anything for it because they didn't plan for this. Mm-hmm. They got married and left the country and then came back and they were like, the world will provide. They didn't now, leave the country. Hawaii is part of the United States. Oh, that's right. But we also didn't actually ever find out it was Hawaii. Um, but assumed, yes. Uh, they flew over an ocean and flew back and thought that life was just going to provide for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they should. I mean, Topanga shouldn't have been kicked out of the apartment like that. Uh, there should have been a conversation. Obviously there was. If she told them... I'll be moving out when I'll we get married. I'll be moving out when we get married. And then then they did like, have a conversation. That's true. Uh, that, that does make sense. I guess I understand the confusion there. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's their worst moment. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so Corey's saying like, all right, we can make this work. We can fix this up. And he goes to pick up a pizza box off the floor because, you know, the Pfeffermans left in a hurry. So like their stuff is still everywhere. He picks up the box and he's like, it's bugs and like jumps on the couch. And Tepeng is like, why are you such a baby? And she starts like stomping them. And he's like, they're still alive. And she keeps stomping them. He's like, no, they're still alive. And here come their cousins from Oklahoma or something like that. And so they're both just like dance stomping on top of these roaches when a girl comes to the door holding a baby. And she starts talking to them like, oh, I'm your new neighbor. And and this is my baby who doesn't sleep. Oh, I wish my baby would sleep. Well, and Topanga says, like, can I hold her? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's holding her. And, like, you can see, like, Topanga is having, like, a moment of peace. Yeah. She's happy to be holding this baby. This baby is not crying, by the way. Nope. It's perfectly fine. And it was perfectly fine being passed to a stranger. Yep. You cannot tell me that baby does nothing but cry 24-7. Anyway. But Corey, instead of letting his wife have this peaceful moment in the middle of a tumultuous time, is just like, put it back. Well, because she's doing the like, oh, like she's got like the baby fever eyes. Yeah. I think um, that's what was implied. It's so annoying that women can't enjoy holding babies and like enjoy being around children without people being like oh no you have baby fever i have never in my life had baby fever but i love kids and i love everyone's babies right i just don't want to have any of my own yeah anyway um i'm gonna have to take a few deep breaths here because we got to get through this episode without like sounding completely miserable about it And it's getting worse and worse. (laughs) So Kelly is talking to them about the fact that, like, it's really hard. The baby cries all the time. Her husband is a med student and they never get to come home. She is. I mean, it's just a massive cry for help. Mm -hmm. Um, She hasn't slept in days and she's obviously dealing with that. And and she's got a newborn. She's probably also she could also be dealing with postpartum depression. Uh and she's just begging for help with her eyes. And and Corey is like, please tell me this baby's room is not on the other side of these paper thin walls. Because the only crying I want to hear in this room is my own. And Kelly's like, all right, well, it was nice to meet you. You guys are newlyweds, huh? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, well, good luck. And she leaves. Yeah. And I mean, I just Topanga. So let's say that baby cries all the time. And it was handed to Topanga, and it was calm. And and can you imagine, like, as a mother, like, you would just be like, my baby found someone they're comfortable with. Please watch her for a few hours. Like, if if only they had offered, like, yeah, we'll take her for a few hours. Yeah, this is a neighbor who's coming over to introduce herself to them. Yeah. And she's not welcomed. Like, she's not, I mean, Topanga did. Topanga was like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Your baby's so sweet. Can I hold her? And then Corey was just an asshole, which means no relationship was built. It could absolutely be a thing where Topanga and Kelly become really good friends. And Topanga does help out with the baby sometimes. And in turn, Kelly helps them get their apartment in order the way hers probably is, because she wouldn't be allowed to have a baby in it if it wasn't in some type of order. Yeah. Anyway. She leaves. Topanga says, this is a test of character for us. We can either stand up and fight or we can run. And Corey goes to run. 
pulls the handle off the door, can't get out the door now. And uh, he turns to Topanga and he's like, I wasn't actually going to run. I got this for you and hands her the doorknob. Now we cut to the classroom. Classroom or not, Tanya? We're in the classroom. Yay. And Mr. Feeney is talking about the Black Plague. You see Topanga and Corey, like, looking very disheveled, sitting at their desks together and listening to Mr. Feeney talk about, like, all of these, like, diseased and dead bodies laying in the street. And Corey's like, he's talking about us, Topanga. And, um... The class is the class is getting close to the end, but in the middle of his lecture, Mr. Feeney's like, "Yes, Mrs. Matthews," uh, and you turn it turns and you see Topanga and her hand is up, and she's just like, "Can I have a bath?" And he's like, "Um, let's save our personal problems for after class." And then she starts whining some more, and at this point, Feeney's like, "I don't normally do this, but class dismissed." Um. Again, <laughs> telling the rest of the class, like, these these two that I am teaching, they're sad, so you guys all can all go home. I would be so happy to be in a class with Topanga and Corey. Let's, I'd be like, all right, true. I have, like, a longer lunch time, or I can go and do something else for 10 minutes. And it was funny here. Corey is like, you, you have a house. And Topanga's like, what are you doing that house? Do you eat? <laughs> <laughs> this this scene is probably one of the times that I find Topanga at her funniest. Oh, yeah. Like, hilarious. Yeah. Her timing uh, here was great. So good. Um, and, and so they're, like, talking to Feeney. He's trying to talk to them. He's like, why are you looking so unkempt? And they're like, because our water's brown and you have to chew it. And... There's a baby next door that's just wah, wah. And Mr. Feeney cuts him off and he's like, why are you doing this? And he's like, because if I have to hear it, you have to hear it. And then they try to convince Mr. Feeney to move in. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Feeney is just like, no, "No, I will do anything for you short of letting you move in. And they're like, okay, well, you've, you've been there for us your whole life, but you didn't prepare us for this. And he basically says, like, if you just stop for a second and, like, give it some time, you'll see there's a lot to be learned from this situation. You're going to get through it just fine. Everything's going to go great. And and also during this, Corey says, just give us some of your millions. And um, no, Topanga says that. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Feeney, like, gets irritated and no, Corey is like Corey says give us your millions and Topanga's like do you want me to take his wallet uh, and Corey's like now now he's an educator and she turns and she's like oh you're right he probably has like nine dollars in there and Mr. Feeney says and a blockbuster card <laughs> <laughs> um so they're like because w- w- after Mr. Feeney gives them his life advice they're like whatever you fortune cookie stop being a fortune cookie and he's like i'm not a fortune cookie if you're gonna reduce my uh whatever like wisdom my jocular wisdom to blah 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 and to to a fortune cookie and he's like oh all right i am a fortune cookie mm-hmm. and now we cut the chuckies where cut jack to- yeah and eric are playing pool and then rachel comes in rachel comes over and she's like hey how are you guys doing and they're like we're doing great we're doing fantastic. We're doing wonderful. You want to know why we're doing great? And then the triplets walk in and they all come and they're like switching places through this whole little scene. Like Eric and Jack are like in the middle of them. And then like one of the girls comes around and is like on the other side of Jack. And then Eric comes around and is on the other side of like another one of them. And then Eric moves to like the pool table and is like bopping them on the head and counting them over and over again. But there's like so much movement in this little scene. Yeah. Um, 
And Rachel's just like, yeah, this is great. And they're like, it's so great. Like, we're going to a party tonight. And the one of the triplets is like, yeah, um, they promised they would find us one more guy so that we could go, we could all go on a date together um, because we do everything together. And they're just like, everything, Eric and Jack. Mm-hmm. And then Eric is like, Rachel, don't you understand like this one, two, three of them? There's only one of you. They win. And and she's like, yeah, I get it. There's three of them and two of you. How is that working? And that's when one of the triplets is like, yeah, they're going to find us a third guy. Right? Like, we can't go to the party unless we have a third guy. So Eric and Jack are like, okay, third guy, third guy, third guy. And they look at this guy and they're like, hey, you, you want to go to a party with one of them? And the guy like looks up and he's like, yeah, can my brothers come too? And then you realize that everyone at the table is dressed alike and they're triplets. And they get up and walk away with the Dom triplets and just like one by one walk out the door. And Eric and Jack are like, what just happened? And Rachel. (laughs) Well, Eric goes, you know what, Rachel? And like they both like put their arms around Rachel and Eric is just like, you know what? Our schedule's just freed up. You want to do something later? Or do you have plans later? And Rachel goes, well, I didn't. But now I need to go home and laugh and laugh and laugh three times. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we do like a little flip screen thing and we're back at Chucky's again. Um, just like further into Chucky's by the um, bakery case or whatever. Um, You see Sean and Angela talking to Corey and Topanga and they're like, so, you know, how's married life going? How, like, how's it treating you? The married norm. And they're just like, it sucks. And they're unhappy and... There's bugs and Sean is like, bugs, no big deal. And Corey goes, these bugs have cars. <laughs> Which is, a, if if his bugs really did have cars, he could make money off of that. That's true. Um, and then they start talking, a man got shot over a salad in our house and the remains are still on our wall. And Angela goes, remains of the salad or the, the shooting? And Topanga says, I hope it's the salad because I ate it. um and so they're like okay well tell us about like what it's like like being married how how is it different than just dating and Corey starts talking about like well we're together we get to be together all the time and that's great and he talks about that some and then Angela's like Topanga are you crying and Topanga's like no why would you say that and Angela's like because you're frowning and water is coming out of your eyes and Penguin's like oh is that crying because I've been doing that for three days and then Angela like takes her and walks away with her Topanga runs out oh really yeah Topanga runs out and Angela runs after her I was writing I I thought that they walked out together but anyway that's what happens and then Sean goes to Corey and he's like yeah you're having a you're having a tough time and let me help you what can I do for you And Corey says, there's nothing you can do for me. I'm the husband. I have to do this on my own. Um, and then you see him back at the Matthews residence talking to Alan. Alan is still, Alan's listening to him. And Corey's like, look, I know exactly what you were meaning. Like, I have to take care of Topanga. Like, I, I have to do this. And Alan's like, good. I'm glad that you understand that. And Corey's like, good, good. So I'm really glad that you're coming around. And Alan's like, no, I'm not coming around on this. Like, you can't stay here. And that's when you realize that Amy is sitting on the stairs and she is very upset. Yeah. And Alan is just like, listen, like he yells at Corey and he's like, I can't help you. And he explains... Um, you decided that you were going to be an adult and you decided that you were going to get married after we told you that it was a bad idea and that it was going to be tough and you decided you were going to do it anyway. Did you think we were joking? Well, then he said, and then we supported your decision because you you decided that you were old enough to do this. So we supported that decision. But understanding that you had to deal with life now. This is your life. 
And yeah, so he's like screaming at Corey. Like, so Corey tries to walk out in the middle of this yelling Mm -hmm. and Alan's like stops him and he just keeps going and going and going. And Corey turns around and he's like, all you had to say was no. Which is not true (laughs) because he said no like 65 times. It's true. Also, Alan was great. What he said was great. And I wish someone had said that to my first married family. Well, okay. Are we going to talk about this now, or are we going to talk about it in our feelings for the episode? In our feelings for the episode, but I still thought it was great. Anyway. I thought it was okay. There were good points made, and there were bad points made. Um, So now we go back to the married dorm. Mm -hmm. The The apartment. It's their apartment. Yeah. Um, Corey walks in. He's got a sunflower to give to Topanga, and Topanga's like, where were you? You were gone forever. I was so worried. Um, And he's like, well... Uh, it didn't go any better with my parents. I think it's just going to be us, Topanga. And she's like, well, hey, I made us a tuna sandwich. And they sit down. They start to eat the sandwich. Corey grabs Topanga's hand and is like, I love you. And Topanga's like, I know. I know you do. Yeah. And we go to the credits. And we go to the post credit scene and we go back to, it's just a blooper reel, basically, of the little boy in the hallway who said, I see dead people. And he's so cute. He's so cute, but he can't get the line out. Um, and then he finally does. And he's just like, he turns off screen and he goes, I did it. I said it. He's <laughs> so adorable. It was the best. Um, anyway, that's the episode. Tanya. Yeah. How did you feel about this episode? All in all. I really liked this episode. Okay. It didn't sound like it because that was a lot of negativity. The thing is, is that there's a lot of times where they they do things. What they're trying to do is good, but their execution is off. And there are a lot of things. And we've talked about this on numerous episodes. And we have talked about this like with our listeners often about how this was like the first year of the new millennium like this was 2000 and it didn't matter what what type of music you were listening to like what kind of music video you were watching the things that we were seeing in that married dorm was a trope that was everywhere yeah It was constant, like in everything. Mm -hmm. It was, oh, you know, people who are born into poverty, they just like live violent, terrible lives. And like, it's just, that's the way it is. And frankly, it's awful. But back then, it wasn't ever, if you were poor, you were bad. Right. And a lot of times now, that is also the case. For some people, where their view is, oh, you're, you are like an unhoused person. Well, then you must be bad. Absolutely, to an extent. But the difference now, I think, is that there is the there is um, the the economic divide is so much larger now than it was yes. then. Um, so the people who have have been gifted that life, right? They have now pushed that further away from the people who weren't given that life. Absolutely. And I think that's why now it's not as widely ex- ex- accepted because a lot of the the audience now is people who don't have the money that the upper middle class people do. Absolutely. I mean, and the, the percentage of people who live at or below poverty level is huge right compared to the people who don't right like i think about that just with where we live like we have a house that we bought Mm -hmm. on a piece of property and we can do things with it and no it's not in the best shape and sometimes i'm embarrassed when people come over but i never thought i could have this ever in my life but when i tell you that if i had had that married dorm when I was 19 years old, yeah. it would have changed my fucking life. Yeah. 
and I would have made it work and I would have cleaned the hell out of it. Yeah. And I would have made it a home. Yeah. And I would have read my kids stories at night and I would have given them a really good life in that married dorm. And here's the thing is that the fact that they were not able to see that for what it was at all was atrocious. Right. And they they spoke on it like it was so it was so obvious when Corey said like we're upper middle class kids who have never had to deal with this like I wouldn't even feel sympathy for me if I wasn't me but then it flips to that dorm and it's like just every bad trope right. known to man. And and they talk about how this is the worst moment of their lives, which really could have been a moment where they went, this is the worst moment of our lives? I guess our lives aren't that bad. Yeah. Like, it should have been way worse of a moment when they realized that they didn't have a place to live. Like, well, but, ultimately, they were homeless but, for a day. Well, but not even that. Like, most people have dealt with far worse in their mm-hmm. lives up, up, up to this point of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, people have bad things happen. You've been so privileged that this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Right. You got a rundown apartment. That you but... get to live in with your wife. Yeah. Um, but I think that there were, one, Topanga was so funny this episode. Yeah. She, Danielle Fischel acted this whole episode so well. That I just, it was one of the first episodes where I was like, oh, I really love Topanga in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and Corey said really funny things, but the scene with Topanga and Corey and Feeney won me over for this episode 100%. The whole thing was so funny and also very sweet. And and just because I'm saying like that the way that it was handled was poor, like, it was not done well with the whole, like, poverty thing, doesn't mean that in a situation like this, they shouldn't feel frustrated. Right. Like, they would feel frustrated right. and they would feel abandoned, but they weren't working towards, like, making it better. But, like, they, they had a right to feel frustrated and, and stuff like that. Like, it was hard for them. But when it came down to it, the lesson of you... You make choices and sometimes you have to work harder for things. You have to deal with tough things like life is actually really tough and hard and you're going to hit these roadblocks constantly and you're going to have to problem solve, figure out what you need to do and just do it. It's really important. Um, And I'm glad it was touched on like because it is hard. Being an adult is hard. And it doesn't matter if you're 19 or 25 when you get married. Like, you guys have a responsibility towards each other. 35. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they have a responsibility to each other. And I thought it was a really good lesson. It was just handled insufficiently. Okay. Um, and I, I like what Alan had to say and the reason why I liked it was because no one ever said that to my first husband. No one ever said it. Instead, he could continue doing whatever he wanted with his money and we were allowed to stay at his parents' house and I paid them rent. I paid them rent and he blew his money and then some of my money all the time because we had a stable roof over our heads. Sure, but there you're you're talking about two different situations, and you are talking about um, two extreme ends of that situation. Uh, there's absolutely a middle ground, and if one of our kids came to us at 19 years old and said, we just got married, uh, we made a mistake, we didn't plan out where to live or anything like that, we would let them stay here for some time. But yeah. we would also... Try to teach them that lesson. Yes. Yes. And give them like a time frame. Like, okay, that is fine. But that means that you have, you know, two months to figure out what you guys are going to do, how you're going to afford it, you know, 
get on a waiting list for the married dorms or whatever, like whatever they needed to do, like we could give them the time to do it. Right. And there is a place for them to live. Well, and that's the thing. There wasn't at first. There wasn't a place for them to live at first. And that's when I took issue with it. Later on, the argument there should have been brought up and and could have been brought up that um, I'm not going to help you now. You have a place to live. You're not even paying for this place to live. Like, you get to live there. It's run down. It's up to you to fix that. Well, and, but here's the thing is, is they, if our kids, if one of our kids came to us and they were like, I got married, I made a mistake, I don't have, we don't have a place to live. And we said, have you looked at what your options are? And they said, no, it would be. Look at what your options are. Yes, absolutely. Because they had an option. They had just already decided they didn't have that option. Right. So if if Alan had said yes the first time when they had no place to live, they would never have even found out that there was an option. That's true. But he wasn't saying... They also never went out to look for jobs. They never figured out what their financial situation was. They, they, they 100%... Corey was not coming and saying, like, until we get on our feet. I agree with that. But that wasn't part of the conversation. And and maybe that's we're talking about a 22-minute TV show. But Alan immediately from the get-go was yelling no. Yeah, no, I agree that the abrupt, like, just no was too much. But I also, if Corey was my kid and he just came in expecting... Like, Corey is incredibly entitled. Yes. And he came in expecting, like, oh, mommy, let me live at your house again. Just him saying mommy would be enough to make me go, no. Well. I just, I think that while you're right, it was handled somewhat poorly. When you think about the character of the person who was coming to their parents, like, it would be a hard pass for me. But, um, and I think that Alan had a lot of good things to say during his, his lecture to Corey. Mm-hmm. And, and even after that, Corey just being like, well, he could have just said no. Right. Like, was just ridiculous. Like, yeah. Corey was ridiculous. Um, I, I just thought that there was a really good lesson there. And I think that it was really good because of the fact that so many people idolized Corey and Topanga and like their relationship and they were in high school relationships that they had been in for like three and four years. And they were just like, Ooh, we, we should get married like soon too. I knew people like that where yeah. they were like, we're going to get married like as soon as we're done with high school and it's going to be great. This was something that needed to be seen. Like, it's not just going to be all butterflies and rainbows the moment that you get married. You're not going to live with, like, this perfect home and this, like, domestic bliss. It's not possible. I don't know. So how did you feel about this episode? <laughs> um, I didn't like it a lot. I didn't like it very much at all. Um, this this scene with Corey and, and Topanga and Feeney was hilarious. Um, and that's about it. I like I said I don't I don't think I think Corey and Topanga were awful. Um, I also think uh, Rachel and Angela should have handled things differently. I also think that Amy and Alan should have handled things differently. Um, so overall, I think there were funny moments in the episode, but I don't think anyone was admirable in it. I think there were things that Alan was saying that were true. Um, and I think that there were things that he could be saying that could be helpful, but the way it was approached didn't make it like a like a life lesson at all. It made it seem like he just wanted to be an asshole. And I think that that's probably how most people took it. Um, I have something to add, though. Yeah. And this is from my life experience. There were times in my life where we were okay, like not me and you, but in my other life where we were somewhat okay financially and we moved out of his parents' house. We got an apartment and it was wonderful. It was the happiest I had ever been. Mm -hmm. And he frittered away all of our money, Mm -hmm. 
didn't go to work. I was making hardly anything and I was paying the rent, the utilities, and for anything that Caden needed because he was one years old. Yeah. And the moment I was like, I I can't pay rent this month. Instead of him saying, all right, I'm going to figure this out. He picked up the phone. He called his mother and he said, okay, we're moving back in with my parents. Yeah. Because he could. Because it was always yes. And that is the problem. Right. And it was always approached of until we can get on our feet. But we didn't have to get on our feet because we could just stay there. And that that's where I'm coming from with this. Uh, is I, that yeah. like... There are certain people, and Quarry is one of those certain people who needs to be told, figure this out. You chose this. Figure this out. Right. Um, are we done? I think so. Um, do you, anything else you want to add? Uh, just thanks for listening. Uh, and you can find us? Uh, on Twitter, at BMG and BMW. You can email us at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. <laughs> And you can join our Facebook group. Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar. You'll get approved. And then you can chat with us. Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 7, Episode 9. Do good. Class dismissed.